Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode of the Green Industry Podcast. My bookkeepers are here, Joey Coberly and Megan. What's up, y'all? Hey, Paul. Hey, Paul. What's up? My my, my profit my profits were up, right? Or at least, <laughs> yeah. at, at least my revenue is. Yeah, yeah. Instead of what's up, being like, oh, a preposition. Yeah, we can say profits. <laughs> so with the true story, I mean, we, we haven't done our, my, my, my review of 2023, but, but, uh, definitely was a good year for me. So thanks to you guys for, uh, that's awesome. We got an email the other day of another client who he was just giving us a side-by-side of his, his profit and loss since we haven't had meetings and he was showing us the bottom line and how much the top line hadn't really changed much, but the bottom line had, and he was giving kudos to us. So that's neat to see. Yeah. So how was your guys' new year? Not bad. We were sick over the holidays, but I suppose a lot of them were. A lot of people were. So yeah, a lot of family over, just a lot of bugs going around. So yeah, but we had family in town and really enjoyed the holidays. Cool. Well, I'm, I got a lot of questions for you guys. Um, if you want to share anything to open up, if not, I'll just start firing away some questions at you about money. Fire away. <laughs> so you guys, how how many customers do you take care of now? Lawn care businesses. So we are right at 40. We've had a little bit, a few drops, but also a few in the pipeline. So we'll say 40. Okay. So, so you see 40 uh, lawn care businesses. What, what, what stands out to you the most as you look under the hood of, of all these businesses and their finances? Ooh, big question. That's hmm. a big net. I mean, I can... I can speak to what- like in terms of the numbers or in terms of the personality. Well, just as you look at these businesses, like what, what, what do you, what do you notice in like what trends, what, what is, what stands out to you? So I think the people that come to us are definitely the type that are, you know, usually younger. Cause I would say podcasting is generally speaking is, you know, the crowd that's probably 18 to, to 30, so a lot of them are younger. Um, they all really, really want to learn. So it's really fun to talk to them. We enjoy engaging with them because it's, we've had a few where it's just, they kind of sit there, you know, and they're not that engaged with the meetings that we do, but you know, for the majority of them, I'd say 99% of them, you know, it's just, you know, back and forth asking questions. We're both learning from each other. We're gathering data, you know, and, and they're also learning from our, you know, collection of data that we've had collected over the last five years, you know, with our other clients. So um, in terms of personality, they're all really just really fun to work with. So that's, that's always been great. Um, in terms of money, I would, or in terms of their, you know, I guess profit and loss or, you know, just finances, I'd say most of them, you know, since they are the ones that are trying to go out and, and they know that knowledge is a currency, they probably are all premium price majority of them. So I would say a lot of them are pretty good at pricing their product. They don't really sell themselves short. They're not really, you know, 
chucking to trucks, that type of thing. They're not trying to undercut people. They're trying to charge for quality service. So a lot of them are really professional guys. Um, and, and so that gives us a good starting ground to work with because they have, you know, higher profit margins because they're, they're doing more quality work and they're pricing premium uh, prices. So I, I think that's probably, you know, what I'm seeing in terms of common factors. What about you, Megan? Yeah, I mean, I think we've said some of these points before, but many of them are there to learn, which I think is a really good point that Joey mentioned. And so one of the first things they will say when I go through that very first meeting. So the first meeting almost always is the profit and loss because it's the most familiar. It's the most, you know, it's going to have all the numbers in the right place as long as the month was was done correctly. And it is. So with that being said, we go through the P&L and they say, I've never had anybody explain it to me that detailed. And, you know, then there's some key points that I point out that they, I don't think it, it is a light bulb per se in that first meeting, but I think it sets the tone for the rest of it, which is the concept that many of these are LLCs. So whenever they are removing money from the business, it's not via payroll. And so it's an owner's draw. And as a result, an owner's draw does not show up on the profit and loss. So one of your major metrics for a lawn care business, which is labor, is not on the profit and loss. And so even though I say that, it's not till, you know, sometimes it's not till even the year mark where they're like asking me questions and then the light bulb sparks. But as we go through that profit and loss, the big light bulb moments would be your loan payments and your owner's draws or your money you're just simply liquidating from the company in the form of what you call salary is just simp- is not on the P&L. So many times that's a little bit. Yeah, I would say all of them. Those are all light bulb moments for probably yeah. every single one of them. You know, I'll go through the P&L and the first question is, now I didn't see my, you know, yada yada payments. And most of the time they're asking about owner's draws or loan payments. And so to get them to understand that profit and loss is not trying to communicate all cash out of the bank. It's trying to communicate very specifically, here's what you brought in for services. Here's what what you have said you need to spend in order to create that service money. And, you know, there's some other little things on there, of course, but for the most part, your P&L is not trying to tell you all the cash that has been removed from your bank in a month. You can look at your bank statement for that. Your profit and loss is specifically trying to show you the margin between what you spend on your services, both directly and indirectly, and what you brought in for the month. Okay. And then how do you subtract out of that the owner's draw? Yeah. So a good way to to call your bottom line on your profit and loss, it's pre-many different things. So to go through them, it's pre-tax. Any tax payments you make, if you're not a corporation, are just draws at the end of the day. Um, It's pre-loan payments. So out of your profit comes your loan payments. Out of your profit also comes your uh, investments back into the business. So that could be buying an asset. Um, Most of the time it's buying an asset. Those are the ones we see. So it's pre-reinvesting your business, profit, or your bottom line is pre-tax money. It's also pre-owner's draws. So really the things you can do with your profit are you can invest it back in the business in the form of buying equipment or just leaving it in cash in your bank, or you can take it out of the business. And there's a few forms for that. It's the, the paying your taxes. It's your, um, 
you know, the little owners, the little draws that happen because you swipe the wrong card, all of this um, would be on what we call a cash flow statement, which is a separate look at what actually happened with your cash. So yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of educating that first year, just properly learning how to read your statements. And and uh, most guys, you know, won't learn how to do that until they're at the seven figure mark. A lot of times, a lot of times we're dealing with guys um, uh, because that fits our system the best guys that are, you know, one crew or two crews in um, and they're not quite at that seven figure mark. A lot of times when we bring them in and we're, we're educating them on that. So a lot of it, a lot of light bulb moments going off there. Right. And then being able to explain the balance sheet doesn't get talked up about enough, but it's sort of that last statement that that moves you from a good business owner in the sense of you provide a service and you're not spending too much. Therefore, you have profit. Also, your cash flow, you've you've figured out a way to manage your cash. If you if you've got those two pieces down, the last one would just be that balance sheet and understanding really your risk reward. So it's it's telling you how much how good of an asset allocator you are or cash allocator you are. That's what the balance sheet is there for. Um, it, it also measures like your risk. That would be another way to put it. So it doesn't get talked about enough because it is the most complicated in the sense of it takes the longest to get cleaned up and in ship shape. But once it's done, then taking a look at that balance sheet really shows you um, how well you are at utilizing your assets as well as, you know, the, the keyword equity, what equity is in your business. Yeah, early on in business, the the balance sheet I use it largely to just, you know, tell somebody if they're using too much leverage, you know, that's largely what I use it for. But as the business grows, you know, you start moving out of that labor role, you know, and then you're moving into, you, if you think of your business as a stair step that you're trying to get up, you know, within, you know, you'll move from labor to maybe admin to maybe estimating and sales. And then eventually at the pinnacle, you're an asset allocator. So you really need to learn how to manage your assets properly early on so that when you do eventually move into that role, you're managing all of your equipment and, you know, trucks and everything properly because money can really fall through the cracks if you're not out, if you're not allocating resources correctly. And if you think about the highest paying jobs in the world, a lot of times it's wealth management and things like that. Those guys make the most per hour, you know, your wealth management, your venture capitalists, that sort of thing. So th that's almost where you're trying to get at within your business. And, you know, so it's, it's important to learn just how to manage your resources you know, if you only have a few and the bigger your business gets, you're managing more and more and more. And then eventually that's essentially your role is you're just allocating resources correctly. It's yeah. kind of a funny so thing. With that comes two more thoughts on what we we have seen under the hood. And that is early on, are successful businesses paid for things in cash, specifically assets in cash, which requires them to do two things. It requires them to, you know, delay instant gratification and therefore they're only going to buy the piece of equipment needed for their route or their specific setup and it also requires them to go shopping for a good deal most of the time if you're going to pay for something in cash you're not going to just hand over twelve thousand because it's a white truck and you need it you're going to make sure you know it's the right dollar amount for that asset that you're purchasing and and because you're doing that most of the time you know they do a good job of buying it on sale so um, that's what we see. And then the other thing we see with our really successful businesses is they manage their personal side so that the draws Absolutely, aren't yeah. outpacing the amount of cash that the business is needing to grow, which is really, it's really subtle because, you know, to start a lawn care business, you can grab a truck and a lawnmower that you may already have, or that dad has, and you can get out there, but you have to, you have 
your lawn care business is going to hit a certain mark really, really fast in which you need some intense capital or some intense assets to continue to grow with the pace that your business is growing at. And I think it happens a little sooner than most clients perceive. Mm -hmm. And so in those early years, if they are just drawing cash out, because obviously they're also needing to survive on the personal side, then their business is short of the cash needed to that's demanded very early on with the growth of the business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, the the best way to say it would be lawn care companies are very deceptive in that you can start off with little to no resources and make quite a bit of money. And then once you get to a certain point where you're adding crews and things of that nature, it's just a cash eating monster. And it, it, it flips the script on you all of a sudden. You go from, oh, it only cost me $10,000 to start this thing, you know, with my you know, you, well, you know, you wrote the book with your, with your Honda that you had, and you just threw the lawnmower in the back. And then eventually you're getting to where, man, I need all this equipment, trailers and trucks and all this stuff. And it just, all your profits get sucked back in and you don't really have much cash left there, but you're growing the value of your business. So it's just, as long as you're in that headspace before you get to those marks, you know what to expect, but it can just, it hits a lot of guys just out of left field. And right. they're just like, and a lot of them have taken where's all my money? Yeah. A lot of them have taken the majority out in equity to, to fund their personal and so they hit that crunch where they're needing. And so then they start to buy it on loan and then they get out leveraged, so on and so forth. Yeah. So. And, and Megan hit the nail on the head too with early on in business. I would say basically anything under seven figures, almost your personal and business are highly intertwined. You need to learn to live on a budget early on. So you can draw less and keep more equity in your business um, or just draw a reasonable salary. You know, you don't want to be drawing everything out, but you do need to draw a reasonable salary because your business is always going to expect that of money, that amount of money to come out of it. You know, if you're drawing a reasonable salary, you can replace yourself eventually with that mo the money you were paying yourself and therefore, you know, keep your business self-sustaining. But what amount do you think is reasonable for a, a lawn care business owner to, to pull out and, and kind of I think uh, a good rule of thumb, it's challenging, but I do like the profit first metric where you draw, if you're under $250,000 in revenue, you can, it's, it's tough, but you can draw half out, you know, because that's essentially what you're worth. If you think about it, you know, your labor that you're putting into the business might only be worth 30%, you know, but then you've got all the selling and estimating and back office stuff, all that can add up to another 20% of what you're worth. So, you know, 30% labor, and then you do 20%, maybe 15% on the admin side that, that accounts for about 50%. And then uh, that way, when you do try to replace yourself, you've got enough money for your labor because you've been paying yourself that amount. And you've also got enough money for back office. So it's challenging, but, you know, you, you can do 40 to 50 percent um, if you start off doing it. It's tough. Right. It's challenging to do it once you haven't been yeah. doing it for a while. And then that's when you kind of have to just kind of inch it up over time. But um, I, I like for owners to pay themselves well. Um, it yeah. makes you price higher and you won't get burnt out as much. A lot of guys talk about burnout in the middle of the summer. If you're paying yourself a reasonable salary, you don't get that, you know, man, I'm worth so much more. You're not paying yourself, you know, you're not doing $200,000 in sales and paying yourself 30,000 or right. whatever. Like that's just will burn oh, you yeah. out really quick. Cause you're like, man, I could just go work for another company and make, you know, almost double this, you know, just cutting yards and getting some OT. So uh, I, I think it's highly, highly important to pay yourself a reasonable salary from the get go. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you never will. And then when you do try and scale, you're not going to have the funds to replace what you are actually putting in the business. You're worth way more than just labor. No. Yeah. And I think 
as of this year, we're really trying to put like maybe three to five key concepts that need to be in place as a young, a younger business. One that still has the time to be able to make these changes. And that would certainly be one of them. Yeah. Just paying yourself a reasonable yeah. salary. We, you know, there's all sorts of, when I say salary, I just mean that money should be allocated to you as, mm-hmm. a, as a worker of the business. And if, that let's say 40 to 50% isn't enough for your personal side, then it's your personal side that, that needs to be tweaked a little tweaked bit, a yeah. little bit. whether that's you getting another job just in the evenings for that small period of time where that disparity is there, mm-hmm. or it's you cutting back on your personal side. Yeah. And then obviously once you get above, you know, 250, I think that's what profit first teaches. And I, I like that metric too. Then you're cutting back on your salary a little bit and you're living more off of the dividends, you know, and you're shifting more from, you know, paying yourself a salary to enjoying the profits of your assets that you've put into the business. So you're, you're it's constantly, you know, you might go from 50 percent at 250,000. When you're at 500,000, you might be living off of 35 or 30 percent um, of your top line. But it, it, it just scales down, you know, as you climb through the revenue markers and you want to live more off of the profits. And that's essentially what profit first is. And it's a really healthy way to think about it. Right. You have. Yeah, so as a, as a business. Sorry, I was going to say, as a business owner, as a business owner, early on, you're getting, you, you get two ways of being paid as a result of owning a business. You not only get your work salary, quote unquote, if you will, at the at the beginning, but you also get the, what would be considered the proper the distributions for having organized the labor and organized the assets and organized the systems. Mm-hmm. And so, those two are going to be inversely proportionate as you grow your business. So your salary might be really high at the beginning because you're doing the majority of the work, but there's not quite as much distribution um, or not as many assets or not as much labor that's been organized. But then as you grow your business, you're going to work your way out of that labor side, just the mowing and the cutting, but you'll be taking more of the distributions from your business for having organized the labor and organized the systems and organized the trucks and trailers. Mm -hmm. Stop wasting time responding to website inquiries that are not in profitable service areas. Let my service area filter those inquiries for you so you know every inquiry will be in one or more of your profitable areas. My service area is a secretary for your website that will only allow good leads and inquiries through your website. This means no more looking up addresses and responding to people that you cannot service. Using my service area will allow you to focus on certain areas which help build dense routes. Daily miles traveled matter more than ever today, so knowing your numbers and how far you can travel mean everything to your success. Start saving time and become more efficient today with My Service Area. You can learn more at myserviceareacom forward slash Paul. Again, that's myserviceareacom forward slash Paul. Say goodbye to disorganized and inefficient business management. Upgrade to Jobber, the field service management software. Streamline every aspect of your business from quoting to invoicing. Impress your customers and increase your productivity. Start your journey to success with Jobber now at getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Again, that's getjobber.com forward slash Paul. Have you heard the news about the LTR Summit that's happening here in Atlanta, Georgia? Here's my friend Naylor Talley to tell us all about the event. What's going on, guys? Two days only, January 19th and 20th, the LCR Summit in Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to have a great time. Day one is all about social media, podcasting,
marketing, YouTube, creating a digital presence for your business, or if you just want to be a content creator or grow your content creator presence, day two is all about business mastery. Starting off with Jonathan Potosnik, the lawn care millionaire. He's going to be the keynote speaker. Then we've got Keith Kalfas doing his marketing ROI workshop. John Pajak doing his budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines, helping you to know your numbers workshop. And we've got Marvin Salcedo doing company culture and team building. It's going to be a great time, two days only, this January 19th and 20th. You can go to lcrsummit.com for more details. I hope to see you guys there. Out of your 40 customers, you don't have to obviously tell us their names and addresses and social security numbers and stuff like that, but what give us some ranges of, of how many are in the less than 250,000 revenue, how many are, you know, give us kind of a ballpark of, of what you're seeing with those 40 lawn and landscape businesses that you're working with. And are any of them at the, the million revenue mark? So we've, let's see, we've been doing lawn care for four years now. So our, I, our strategy from the get-go has been to market to guys that are under 250,000. So everybody that we started with four years ago essentially was under 250. So we've had a lot of those guys that have hit, you know, upper, upper six figures. So we're talking seven, 800,000, um, some are in the millions. Um, and then all the ones that we bring in, you know, maybe two years ago, we might've brought them in and we brought guys in even at 80,000, a hundred thousand, you know, because we get a lot of guys that are, uh, police officers part-time or firemen or something of that nature and cutting lawns. So, um, we have, man, just off the top of my head, I would say we probably have maybe 30% under 250. A lot of them are probably in the 250 to 500 500, range. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have scaled with them, you know, as we market to those guys in the 100 to 200 range, a lot of them have scaled to probably three, four, 500,000. And then we have, uh, 500 to a million, 500 to a million. We might have like, uh, 15% of them are in that range. So, um, and then we have some of the millions as well but it's not quite as many because we've only marketed, you know, so the, the guys that are hitting in the millions are largely the ones that have grown at, I don't know what that rate would be like 150% or something like that. hundred percent year over year, because they started at 200,000. So it's really just a matter of how we market, you know, we do market to the younger businesses. We are, our, we found that our business serves younger businesses the best because we're intertwining our system with you early on in business. And we, we scale together and the system is efficient together. So if we marketed to businesses that are at 5 million yeah. and you're trying to do your old way of thinking for the last 20 years and intertwining with our system, it just is a, it just conflicts the yeah, whole time. We don't I, really get anywhere. You know, they get frustrated. We get frustrated. Now we can help. We can do the bookkeeping obviously, but we want to do more than bookkeeping. We almost do, sort of in consulting, that sort of thing. Um, I don't really consider us consultants, but we do have a lot of knowledge in the industry in that in relation to that. Um, but our ideal customer is, you know, get them early on in business, scale with them, integrate flawlessly. And then there's just, when you get to a million and your bookkeeper has been with you, you know, for four years since a hundred thousand, it's just so easy. It's yeah, unbelievably it's so easy. easy. And it's cheaper too, because you know, we don't have to charge ridiculous amounts because we've yeah. been working with you for four years. We know almost all of your entries that are coming in. So really, um, we, we do turn away a lot of businesses that are over a million, probably almost all of them, all of them. Uh, just because it's not really beneficial for yeah. what we're trying to do. And then a lot of times they're just trying to intertwine us with the way they do things. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of you guys that have hired, you don't, you know, would you rather 
hire the guy that you can teach them your way to do it? Or would you rather have the guy that's been doing it 20 years that's stuff, not necessarily stubborn, but he's learned it a certain way and he, it's harder to train him in your way of thinking, you know? So that's, that's just kind of who we're trying to, to work with. Um, and, and that's just the way we've set up our business, but. Out of the uh, revenue, what percentage of it is lawn mowing and what percentage of it is like landscape installs where you're seeing like mulch and planning and, you know, sod and, and, and uh, what percentage of it is fertilization and weed control? What, what kind of income are you seeing these businesses uh, generate from, from what services? I think largely when we, when we onboard somebody, you know, if they're in the, let's say 80 to 250 range, most of their services is going to be maintenance. Mm -hmm. Um, They will add the landscaping side in the 250 to 500 range and start going more half and half and adding a crew there and a crew there on maintenance. So the majority Um, of our customers lie in that category, if you will. It's maintenance, install blend. And, you know, depending on the revenue figure, we'll, we'll decide to blend a little bit more, but. Yeah. And then uh, in terms of weed control and that sort of thing, um, we probably have 10% of our clientele is, is that way. Um, it's not something that, that we've one, seen a ton of. That one's just been a little bit challenging, although yeah, I've got some different things in the works to help them better. Their, their profit and loss, looking at it in a monthly basis for lawn application people, for lawn application business owners is there's just not much information. I mean, it's all there. It's all organized. It's good bookkeeping. But in terms of being able to help them, it's a little harder because I've realized they really need a P&L for each application that they do. And if their their application spans six weeks, then we've got to put a little bit more detail to their profit and loss that I haven't you know rounded out yet. That's in the works because I really would like to promise um my lawn application business owners an application-based profit and loss rather than just like a monthly profit and loss. Yeah. And, and like we can give them a, you know, expense report, like that's not any problem at all. But what we're trying to do is get results out of it, you know, like really, really good results out of this booking. We're not just trying to do data entry for you. We want really good results. So we can absolutely do the bookkeeping, but it's just, we haven't found it's a lot easier with these recurring revenue models or, you know, landscaping jobs that take a half day or three days or whatever yeah. um, to see on a monthly basis. So like, monthly yeah. Basis. Megan said it's, you know, a lot of these applications with the six weeks. Yeah. The application problem would be you, a lot of them pre-order their material. And so they have a huge, huge purchase in January that goes on right. the profit and loss in January, but that material hasn't been, won't be used up until the whole season is done. Right. So that's, like I said, that's what I'm working on. And, it is a possibility in bookkeeping to do that. It's just sort of, you know, on what basis, how much information do I need from you? What specific information do I need from you? Right. That I haven't honed in on just yet. Yeah, and yeah. we can amortize the material cost over the course of the year, but matching that up to the actual labor performed is what we try and do, which is easy yeah. for maintenance and for landscaping. We can match up, okay, you did this much work during this time period, and this is the materials you used with lawn application. It's more of like we just have to amortize it and kind of guess which labor goes yeah. with which application. And, and then- they often get prepayments. So that sort of throws things off. You know, if you've got a ton of cash coming in in January because you've got a customer that's prepaid for the whole year, that doesn't match up to, you know, the actual right. labor and the, the rent that month, so on and so forth. I don't want to get into the weeds, no pun intended, on the <laughs> on the lawn applicator here. It's weedy, all right. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm curious as you look at these businesses, all, all your customers are in the United States of America, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So- 
Well, guys, I'm really excited to continue the conversation with Megan and Joey Coberly down in sunny Pensacola, Florida. They have so much knowledge to impart to us as they see these 40 lawn and landscape businesses books, the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and they can just teach us uh, what works and what to avoid and, and how to be as profitable as possible. So we're going to have part two with them tomorrow. Well, guys, we are getting close to the big event in Alabama. Roll Tide, Blitz Bama Blitz. <laughs> uh, Alabama, I got sidetracked there. Uh, Jason Criola says fourth annual Lawn Care Life Conference. And at this year's event uh, will be Caleb and Brittany Allman, Naylor Taliaferro, Jeremy Vest, Alan Hain, the Lawn Care Nut, myself. Paige Jack will be there, Jeremiah Jennings, Jason Creole. And uh, we have room for 300 folks um, at the wonderful Matthews Manor, which is Jason Creole's family property. It's about 80 acres. And uh, we got Crest Commercial going to be there. Um, Ferris, they're going to be bringing a bunch of lawn equipment as well as many other brands. So you guys can uh, test drive equipment um, on the 80 acres. And then we're going to have dinner on Friday night, uh, as well as a keynote speech from Alan Hain, the Lawn Care Nut. And then on Saturday, we'll have breakfast and lunch, all, all inclusive. The, the food is all inclusive. Um, the meals are all included. And then uh, Caleb Allman is going to talk about working on your business, um, not just in your business. Uh, Naylor is going to talk about marketing. Jeremy Vest is going to talk about social media. Uh, Alan Haynes is going to talk about technology and innovation and, and being you know ahead of the trends. And uh, we're going to be doing some Q&A live panels um, about financial mastery. So the whole um, itinerary is at the Lawn Care Life um, uh, website that's in today's show notes. And uh, make sure if you are going that you register now, because once it sells out, it's a hard limit sellout. Uh, you'll see when you get there, the the room is, the, the, the property is humongous, the 80 acres, but the actual uh, building um, that we are going to be in has a limit of 300 people. So uh, we have to respect the, the the law of the land there in, in, in Roll Tide, Alabama. So anyway, I'm really looking forward to this event. Again, just see the show notes for all the information there, and uh, you can grab your tickets before they are gone. Well, thanks for listening to today's show and hope to catch you on the next one. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.